Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Woo! First reply. <laughs> first. Uh, your co-host, Hunter. Second. Is, uh, is, okay. And your, <laughs> your co-host, Spaz. Brought to you by microtransactions. <laughs> You know yeah, we had to pay we had to pay extra for spaz. He's he's our he's our extended but uh, he came, ass. He came with such a ni- he came with such a nice hat and this really cool jacket and uh and these and these really cool purple boots that just I've been playing a lot of the division and there is some of the wackiest clothes in there for like an apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the cosmetic stuff in that game is so pointless. It, it's kind of fun, but it's very stupid. Um, I need those military boots, man. <sighs> Just, it'll it'll complete the whole outfit. <laughs> I know you got you got you got to look the part. Uh, so, hello everyone. Uh, how y'all doing tonight? We are talking about a topic recommended to us by Fermi, our community member Fermi and Ace. I don't remember your real name. Fermian, I'm sorry, Firm. I'll just call you Firm uh, or Ace. The Firminator. <laughs> call him Firminating the people. What was that? What was Ace Rimmer? I'll call him Ace Rimmer uh, from Red Dwarf. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen Red Dwarf with? Uh, uh, it's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. Smoke yeah, me a kipper. One sec. Okay, smoke me a kipper. I'll be back for breakfast. Um. He uh, he says, quote, if it hasn't already been done, it might be interesting to have an episode where you and your co-hosts t- discuss how the trends in DLC over the past few years have impacted the ability to get into games after they've been out a while. And I thought that was an interesting uh, tack because we talked about DLC about three years ago. And I think the consensus was pretty much that we hate most of it, uh, unless it, like, is... <laughs> like expansion level well, DLC, yeah, it really depends, you know. Yeah, like mo- yeah, like there's a lot of like we're gonna talk about paradox a lot tonight because they run the gamut of of pretty much every type of DLC. It's so confusing now. They have they not only have like the songs and whatnot, but they have story packs. For Stellaris and actual expansions, it's it's really confusing. So we're going to talk about Paradox a lot, but there are also a lot of games that have expansions and DLC. So it is an interesting tack to think about what games, or excuse me, which games uh, might be more approachable with or without their DLC. And uh, I've got I've got in my head some that do it right and do it wrong. Uh, what about you guys, though? Do any come to mind? Like, let's start about... Let's start with the negative. Let's get that out of the way. Can you think of any game where you think if you don't have the DLC, you're not getting the full experience? I can think of a few. Um, yeah. I mean, you look you look at some of like the, the way the AAA stuff is going now. Because right off the bat, when you buy a game, 
uh, in a lot of ways, you're instantly asked if you also want to buy the season pass because it's going to be all this other content. Oh my god! And then yeah. what ends up what ends up happening is uh, any anywhere, and it, it's it varies on game and how popular it is. But anywhere from like three to six months later, you can get like all of that content for way cheaper. But like right out the gate, you know, they're charging anywhere for like the the full experience of the game, which is the base game plus uh, the season pass, um, you know, uh, 70 to 100 to $120. And mm. I remember the first time we saw um, a major iteration of that was with Titanfall 1 was the first time I remember seeing it stick out to me, where if you want the full experience of that game, you had to shell out, you know, like $120. And um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of weird because, like, you're, you're essentially paying for content that hasn't even come out yet or isn't even available yet, but you're paying up front for when it is available, you'll just get it. And part of me thinks that's, that's okay, but it's also playing a gamble because what if that content's not even that good? Um, and that, that, that ultimately bothers me because if you want the full experience of the game, especially like if you've got friends who've been playing it for like, let's say it's really good. And let's let's use Star Wars Battlefront as an example here. Let's say you've got Star Wars Battlefront. Maybe it's really good multiplayer. The first one's been out for a year. All your friends have already been playing it for so long. They've got all the content, but you're not sure you want to buy everything, but you get into the base stuff, but you can't play all the extra content or all the hero missions that they're playing because you don't have that. And so you are limited because there are new things that are added to the game, new modes that get added to the game later after release. And they're still selling, you know, part of a game. So it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, there's, 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 there's parts of that where it's like, um, that's good and that's bad. No, I hear you. It's kind of interesting in the in the um, in the case of Titanfall because I I kind of feel like they learned their lesson with that, and so Titanfall two got all of their content for free. Um, you know, and I think that was received. Well, I mean, you get stuff for free; it's clearly received better. But um, I think that did a lot to repair the damage that. Exactly what you talked about, all that uh, DL, weird DLC for uh, Titanfall well, did. T- Titanfall had like a like a like a two parter to that, right? So wasn't just like the the DLC and the um, the season pass thing right out the out the gate. It was the quality of the content itself, specifically with like they said, oh, it's got a single player campaign. Uh, or it's got a campaign in it, but it's really not what you, what you would normally call a campaign. It's really just um, normal, you know, combat arenas. Like with you're playing, you know, like if you're you're doing normal, like a like a Slayer match or like a Team Death match or something like that. That's essentially what it is, with some dialogue over top of it to give a little bit of exposition to the plotline. And you, you just play through a few missions of that, and then you do it from the other side's perspective, and then you unlock a couple of the extra titans, and, and then that's it. Like, there's really, there's really nothing there. They, it's kind they, of like an extended tutorial. 
for right. the multiplayer. Right, but it's still multiplayer. That was the right. that was the right. thing. Like it wasn't even like a single player experience or story campaign. It was just multiplayer with some exposition. And I was like, you can get that, you know, like I get that in Battlefront too. Like, you know, if I'm playing a multiplayer match, there's a little bit of like exposition at the beginning and there's a lot of people talking to me, you know, like, you know, in my ear, like I'm, you know, supposed to be paying attention to what's going on with the plot. Although I'm playing a mission that never actually happened in any of the real, like any of the movies. So it's just kind of like, you know, what's the point? But, um, but that that aside, uh, they did redeem themselves in Titanfall two um, by by a long shot. Like it was it was amazing how much redemption they gave themselves with a single player campaign uh, for that game because Titanfall 2's story was um, pretty stellar. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I no think course. it was a disservice. Unfortunately, like a lot of people were like on skip it mode with two because. Yeah. One was what it was, and one was good for what it was, but very much like um, the Battlefield uh, or Call of Duty Black Ops 4 that's coming, that's going to be no single player. It's, it's like, no, guys, come on. We already saw that happen. It was called Titanfall. <laughs> you know, you should learn. And in fact, it was that's Infinity Ward, isn't it, that did that? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like that's that apple's not very far from the tree. So, I, I would hope that they would have figured it out, but I guess not. It's sing- multiplayer only experiences don't seem to do well like that when pe not when you have a really cool world and people are like, "Damn, I, I want to have some single player." There. Well, that was what the that was kind of like the whole idea in my mind about Titanfall, which was like, "This is a new, unique experience. This is like Call of Duty, but with Max, which you know we've never really had before." Um. Turns out nobody wanted though when Call of Duty actually <laughs> did it themselves. Yeah, that's true. Um, although there's there's something to be said though for their their space based one that they did recently that I that I played through that I kind of enjoyed. I mean, it was eight hours of gameplay, not a lot, you know, nothing compelling. But it was, yeah, I liked it more the, than the other ones just the, because the setting was something different. But it's the like, Titanfall campaign oh, was about that long as well. The Titanfall two campaign, I mean. So. Yeah, I'm saying I like these things for the reason that the air quotes community says that they hate it, right? It's like, well, no, it appeals to me. But the Call of Duty guys, they're just like, we want Call of Duty 4 re-released every year. New maps and prettier. That's yeah, why, we want. why can't you Skyrim this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they were smart, they would, and they'd be making the money, well, right? Because Alexa, play Call of Duty. <laughs> You have a rifle and two clips. What would you like <laughs> yeah. to do? Exactly. Is you know, I actually guy? have that. I actually have that Alexa Skyrim. I, I play it every now and then on, on Alexa. It's actually kind of entertaining. Alexa, teabag that guy. <laughs> you have entered the bunker. It is dark. You might be eaten by a Gru. Exactly. Alexa, are there any bad guys around? There are three bad guys. Shoot them. <laughs> Alexa, deploy UAV. <laughs> Shoot them with the cheese. <laughs> but yes, the cheese. 
so that's so that's a, that's my that's my bad example of like the DLC thing that mm. was interesting. And really, the only reason why I got Titanfall two was for the single player because yeah. actually they're like, we heard you. We're putting in an actual single player this time, and they did they did a fantastic job. I could care less about the multiplayer or any of that nonsense. I, I you know some games I enjoy multiplayer. Some games I'm just like, give me a solid story and a campaign to play through, and let me have fun. So, that's what, you mean like Battlefront Two? <laughs> that's, that's a good example, though. No, no, that's the, yeah. That's the I know. Right? I was saying well, example is a good example. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing with battle, the thing between Battlefront and Battlefront Two with these the the the, the remakes of Battlefront and Battlefront Two is that um, the first one didn't have anything other than just multiplayer stuff, and people really wanted kind of like because you look at that engine and you're like, give us a real game in this, please. Like, can we get Kotor like this? Come on. And because it does look beautiful, that the, that engine that they made those Battlefront games, you're just like, this is gorgeous. Um, but unfortunately, for the most part, that's all it's really got going for it because like a lot of the multiplayer just does not keep my attention because of the way that they've kind of gone the route with the multiplayer. And then while I was playing the single player with that game, while it was fun and I personally enjoyed it, there were times when I was going through it where I just kept getting reminded of better like Star Wars games. You know, anytime I was doing any of the flight stuff, I was like, man, I wish we had like an X-Wing game that looked like this. Or, you know, if I was playing as Luke Skywalker, I was like, man, I wish I was, there was like a Jedi Knight game that was like this, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, leaves you feeling wanting because there's it's a pretty game, but it's not very deep, and you get tired of it very quickly because there is very little depth there. And that's the and I think that's uh, sorry to get on a little tangent here. I do think that that's part of the dilemma with the triple A developer companies right now is they're trying to mass market and appeal to everybody. So they want to make things that are going to make them money and making a super deep depthy game is not necessarily going to do that. But then I think to myself, KOTOR, how famous was that? They could do something so easily like that. And I guarantee it would sell just make it deep, you know, Give 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 them you know uh, you know we're not talking eight hours here. I mean we're we're gonna need you know upwards of like thirty to sixty easy. I wonder if they'd rather put that put those resources into their MMO because that's like a game a service instead of a game that people will pay for continuously. That goes into the trend of making games as a service, uh, yeah. which is an unfortunate thing that also ties into this DLC issue. It's true. Like I, I keep. I'll be honest. I keep eyeing um, Wildlands. Was that Ghost Recon Wildlands? Yeah. But it's like it's got so much DLC. It's like ah, no, no. I'll that wait. is a case. I'll that wait. is a case where the DLC matters zero, really? because the good part of the game, which is the campaign that you can co-op through in that, the DLC is not adding things into that it's like side mission things that you cannot play in co-op through that Wait, yeah, what? It's, you, you can't play it as part of the main campaign it's not like oh we added like 10 more missions that you do as part of the story no it's it's standalone dlc stuff so yeah wildlands is is good 
that's probably like the shooter for you. Uh, okay. If ever the, if ever there was a Call of Duty Skyrim, that's it. Ooh, I think you just sold me. <laughs> but I got the division because um, it had its gold pack with all of its DLC for like fourteen dollars. Yeah, that was a much easier choice. Yeah. Um, what level are you? Six. Okay, so if you try to group up with my level ten guy, you'll get one shot. It's a bad idea. Instantly. That's the only fault that I have about that game at all is that they did not put any kind of level matching. Yeah. So if you and I are like two levels different, well, my le- my guys will be like eight and your guys will be six. But as soon as you join my mission, then all your enemies are level eight and you're not ready for it because yeah. like one level makes a little difference. About three levels makes a you're dead difference. Right. Yeah, Wild Wildlands scales a bit better than that. So yeah, Wildlands doesn't seem to to even really have that kind of a gear score thing going on. But to be fair, the way that they did um, the other the division is you can play primarily solo by yourself through the story, which will get you up to a very specific level, and then from there you go into the min maxing stats and like the the secondary stuff which is where you can queue up with other people and mm. I mean you can technically queue up with other people in single player as well and do like a co-op kind of thing but like Jim said you have to be the same level in order to do that or else if you know I'm helping you through your story and you're level 6 and I join you and I'm level 30 it's going to be all level 30 and you're just not going to do anything you're going to die that's a weird design yeah. decision so weird. Yeah, no, I would yeah. have preferred it more like Skyrim or something. Or actually, EverQuest did, it the, oh. yeah, Ever, EverQuest did it the best, though. Really? Because the high-level person would get brought down to your level. If you're level 6, somebody that's level 50, they called it the mentor system. Huh. And the level 50 person becomes level 6 while they're running around with you. But they're like a level 6 plus, right? Yeah, they've, they've they still, the- and they've got all their... They've still got all their and powers the toys and stuff. And the, yeah, yeah. yeah, it just scales their damage down to where you're even. Yeah, and and the thing and the thing that's great is they don't get XP while they're doing that with you, but they do get a a multiplier. Like you know, you get fifteen percent extra XP for an hour for every hour that you were mentoring somebody that was low, oh, or something like that. I like that. So there is a definite incentive to doing it. That's a real. Yeah. That's, that's a really great way to do it. I really like that. Yeah. Plus, because you're not getting XP while you're doing it, that lets your friends actually catch up. Because you get a bonus if I'm mentoring you. You get that fifteen percent extra, and then whenever I'm done doing it, I get it. I might have to check this EverQuest game out. I actually never uh, played it. So. Oh yeah, EverQuest Two. It's good, and okay. you don't even need the DLC or anything. Yeah, and that, the, that- the freemium way they did it. Okay. EverQuest 2 has been around as long as like... A billion years. It's been around yeah. at least since the early aughts, right? Yeah when, yeah, when that game first came out, my computer was sweating trying to play it. And <laughs> now, like, you know. Yeah, now you're trying to like figure out, can I fix the textures? <laughs> so, Spaz, do you have a game that you, th- that you don't like its DLC model that's like kind of prohibited, you find prohibitive? To, like recommending it to people? Well, it depends. I mean, you can look at a game like um, Earth Defense Force 4.1. Uh, 
and most of its DLC is is cosmetic in nature because it gives you no real benefits. <laughs> uh, there are mission packs. There are two mission pack DLCs that they put out with it, and those are great to have. Absolutely, you got to have those if you're going to play the game. I did totally but, buy those along with the base game recently. Right, it's right. So good, by the way. <laughs> right, and the game itself is great. Don't get me wrong. It's it's it's. We're going to be playing it on Thursday. It's it's really hilarious yes. fun. Yes. But one of the DLCs is a tank that has a skin on it, and in place of the main cannon, it has a water gun, a literal water gun. That does almost no damage and will probably get you killed if you use it. But it's there. You can buy it. Why? It's like I, I want to ins- – Because I, it's a joke weapon. It's I literally a joke that, weapon. I want to insert that Ryan Reynolds shift, but why? <laughs> you know – I like the one – it's the, the tank that's got the anime girls on it and the teddy bears. Well, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. that is one of them. That's the only one for me. But you see, that's, that's an interesting thing you bring up, Spaz, is I think – you know, certain DLC, depending on the game, right? Um, like, if I have the DLC that gives me this gun skin, uh, it's still the same gun. You could have that gun, but my gun looks different. But if you want your gun to look like this, you have to pay, like, you know, 49 cents for the skin. Uh, that brings up, yeah, there's actually uh, some some manipulation that's gone into certain games, I won't name names offhand, but they match you with someone who has paid for that particular cosmetic DLC in an effort to actually get you to buy that DLC. Right. Well, there there is that too. There's also the the there there is that. But I'm just saying, like in general, it'd be nice if you know certain games that you play. More often than not, well, and here's a good example of this, like Stellaris, for example, like if Jim, no, I don't think, maybe Stellaris doesn't do it. I was thinking like there was a game, if somebody has like the expansion and the other person doesn't, whoever, yeah, if you're hosting and you have the DLC and the other person doesn't, you can still play and you, you get to experience all of that stuff too, which is good because it could also sell that DLC, but that doesn't that doesn't limit you because what what that then means is is all those assets are already in your game they get patched in you just have to pay to unlock it which right. i and find yeah. that fascinating yeah it doesn't segregate the community when when certain games do that that's yeah, but that is what, a good thing but what's annoying though is when you get a game like doom that's like well also we're going to download about 40 gigs of multiplayer, whether you want to play multiplayer or not, plus all the DLC for the multiplayer. And and it's like, man, you're just eating up my disc here. Come on. I, I wish there was a way to tell it. No, don't install that. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately in those kind of regards, there's not, I know that call of duty tried to experiment with that at one point where you could just buy the base game or you could just buy the multiplayer um, and I and I thought that that was an interesting concept, but I think people kind of got turned off from that idea. But at the same time, you would think that that would also be a smart thing to do. Like if I no longer want the single player stuff, but how much of how much of that is really added, like BS to your system when a lot of the same textures and you know guns and stuff like that are all reused anyway? 
I mean, is it really 40 gigs of extra stuff, or were you just exaggerating? Oh, I don't know how much it is. It's a lot. It's maybe well, not it 40. is. It, it is a lot. I was just kind of curious. Cause I was like, like half the way to the install. That reminds me of the thing that came out today, uh, that Red Faction Gorilla, the new version. The original version is 8 gigs. This new version is like 36 and the premise well, for that is bigger stupid. textures. Like, why would there even be gorillas on Mars? Oh, Jim, you troll. Cue <sighs> uh, Debbie Downer music. Anyway. <laughs> see, uh, what I, see, there are a few games I think of. Slash, uh, slash our dad jokes. Gorillas <laughs> in the mist on Mars. Uh, when I think of some games that. Uh, I don't. I don't think do DLC well. Stellaris is definitely one that comes to mind. It's very confusing, but then I think of things like what's that train sim game that has like four thousand dollars of DLC? Yeah, some of those sim games get obnoxious with the DLC. I mean, oh, what's the what's the the like military sim one? Arma. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of the, the oh, oh, DCS. Yeah, the DCS game. So oh, you yeah. get that, you even get that on base s- game for like for free, right? You get the base for free. And yeah, but like even a, on sale, laptop. those expansions are expensive. Well, that's what I was gonna say. So like, you can get they have like packs, right, where you can get like a couple of planes, but it's still like thirty dollars for like a pack of three planes. Or you know, if you want to buy just the F eighteen, it's like eighty dollars, and you're like, what? So yeah, it's the lo-fi versus hi-fi planes. It's the the lo-fi ones are basically the ones from Lock On, which was the previous game, um, ported forward into this. So they don't have like clickable cockpits and all the radar modes and everything. But then if you get into like the A10C or the F18 or God, they've got a lot of them now. They're up to I don't know ten, twelve planes now. So I just look. Train Simulator has four hundred and sixty some pieces of DLC. And even on sale, if you wanted to add them all to your cart, it's four thousand three hundred and some dollars, and that's with the sale going on right now. Uh, yeah, that's a no, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Look, I like trains, but I don't like them that much. Yeah, train trains are great, but I mean, what? <laughs> I just get I one of those waifu pillows with a train on it. You'll be oh, fine. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'm too tired for that kind yeah. of joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, no. It's a giant body pillow, essentially, with a train on it. I know what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Bad. There's nothing bad with that. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the the DLC stuff in that, that does discourage me from it because I'm just like, well, what is actually in the game. If you have 400 pieces of flair that are outside, like what, what am I actually getting in the main game? It seems like all of the game must be external. You know, I'm wondering though, to be honest with you, I'm wondering in these kind of situations with these super high end simulators like DCS and that transmit, I'm wondering if it's a licensing thing. Like I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's something to do with licenses of having those, in there or something or another. Well, the way it works with DCS is it's actually different developing studios that are building the aircraft and they just build them as best they can, as fast as they can. So it's, uh, it's basically just 
somebody would would be like, "Hey, man, we're we're guys that made Falcon mods, and we're going to bring an F sixteen in here." And they give you the nod. You know, it's like, okay, here's the standards you have to adhere to, and then you can do that. That's like how the F eighteen came to be. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Now, now all that train simulator stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like all, it's all uh, over if the you, place. If you look at yeah, if you look at the flight sim community, though, for like uh, Flight Simulator 10, right? There's uh, there's an entire industry around making mods for you know paid mods for that, and some of those things are expensive. You know, it's like, oh, you want yeah. these dope trees? Yeah, that's twenty bucks for this new tree texture. You know, that's, so oh that, man, you can spend thousands of dollars on Flight Simulator. That's been a thing for so long, though. When I I used to write for the print magazine PC Pilot like eighteen years ago. And there was even a section back then for third-party add-ons. You had to buy them through discs and stuff. But it's kind of weird how all that's evolved. Like X-Plane and Microsoft Flight Sim have tons and tons of airports and planes. It's like, how do you... Where do you jump in? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and then then there's uh, like Destiny that Hunter and I have been playing a lot of recently. Um, Destiny is really cool, but you get to the point in the, in the main game where it's like, okay, we, we did this. We, I didn't need the, the DLC to start, but you definitely hit a spot where it's like, okay, I have a hard stop right here. And then my friends who have the DLC continue to play and I'm stuck. At that point, there's like no, things really? I can't do. Yeah. Well, 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 well. Y- yes, yes, and no. Yes, yes, and no. So there's, there's, it's like an MMO in that regard. For example, I'll give you a really great example. So, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, when it came out, it had a base level cap, I believe, of like what forty or fifty when it first came out. I think so. You yeah. get that. You get that next expansion. It was. Um, Burning Crusade or whatever. Yeah, they take you up 10 levels per. They're up to level 100 now. 110 or 20 or something like that now. But the point I'm trying to make, though, is is if you didn't get that expansion, you couldn't have a character that went up to that next set of levels. You couldn't do that content yet. You could still keep playing. You could still keep doing the things that you were doing throughout the first game. You just couldn't do any of that new content in that expansion. So... So well, this is a lot like that in regards to how they do it because you have all of your city hubs and you have all of the different streets where you can run around and you can see all the other players and you can play with them and they can play with you. But uh, there is a certain point, though, that if you want to keep playing any new content or like keep playing with your friends, it's the same kind of thing. You, you do need to get the, the DLC and play the new sections of content in order to keep moving on. There's like new dungeons, there's new types of dungeons. Um, and so it's, a, it's very much like an MMO in that regard. And that model works for this, in my opinion. Hmm. I've actually, yeah, it kind of does. Oh, really? So, okay. So like it, it, while it sucks because it's, it's like a, this is the base game. You're not, um, you're, it, because the, the, they definitely divide the game up well. There's PvP zones. If you want to do PvP, you go to those zones. But it's not like an open-world PvP where you're shooting at other players all the time. The, 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 the bulk of the game is all PvE co-op with other players. 
which is great and and the way that they kind of do all that stuff but the story stuff and the expansions and the dlc that they've done because they've got two so far and they've got a third one coming out soon um i feel like the way that they've handled it is pretty well for uh for what it is well, that's good. I mean, I just got Destiny uh, 2 from the Humble Monthly, but I haven't had the opportunity to try it. I mean, I probably well, won't. Well, let me, let, me put it, <clears throat> let me put it to you like this. Destiny 2, take, like, a lot of the good elements from Borderlands 2. Okay. And there's good. a lot of really great, there's a lot of really great mechanics with Borderlands 2 and how that's they kind of do things. You can, you can co-op real easy. You can join up with people real easy. But all, of the, but you can also just like play alongside other players in PVE only out in the open world. So like, there's world events that happen like every hour or whatever, and it's just like a group of other players trying to take down a big boss together. Um, so it's a lot of fun in that regard. And then, so you take take the Borderlands two, you mix in like a little bit of the Halo style uh, gunplay. Um, add a little RPG elements to it with like your leveling up and you're customizing your gear and stuff like that and crafting. Um, it's not an overly complex game. It's not very deep, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll probably load it up once I get a better machine with more hard drive space. I'm like <laughs> so low on hard drive space right now. Ugh. But I do want to try it. So uh, let's like let's like turn it around. Like, what do you guys think is a game that does DLC well? Like, you're excited about the DLC. You want more DLC. They're doing a good job with it. Do you guys have any games that come to mind that that EverSpace? Okay, that only that's the interesting about EverSpace. It had one piece of DLC, and that's it. And it was an expansion. Yeah, and and actually, I've I've been on their Discord, and they've said that they are approaching the end of the development cycle for Everspace. So it's not likely they're going to put out any more DLC, but they're already working on another game at this point. Oh, I would love it if like they went kind of back to the galaxy, their Galaxy on Fire roots, and made like probably not because that hmm. license is held by uh, well it. I'm saying it doesn't oh. have to be another Galaxy on Fire game, but I would love it if, like, yeah. they went more the privateery route, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. You know, the freelancery gotcha. route. Yeah, Galaxy on Fire 3, for those who don't know, is made by a different team than the one who made Galaxy on Fire 1 and 2, because the the bulk of the team that made Galaxy on Fire 1 and 2 went on to make Everspace. Right, which is... I think that confuses a lot of people. So so once they're actually done with the game, is that time when you go on Steam and you post a, the game's dead, the developers have abandoned it, they're working on another game <laughs> for a review? Because, you know. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they've actually said they're they're approaching the end of the development cycle for yeah. it. And that's, that's cool. They're still going to keep, you know, updating with patches and whatnot. But uh, as far as content goes, they're focusing on the next game. They haven't yeah. said anything about what that will be yet, but damn it! No, I'm, I'm just poking fun at the like. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. On Steam, well, and they're like, "This game's dead." It's like the game has been out for five years. Yeah, well, it's not know, early access. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because we you you brought it up earlier about the whole games as a service thing, and I 
And part of me is like, well, that's interesting concept. And I think for some games that model would work, but I think as a whole, the gaming community, if they continue to like press that mindset uh, onto every, onto every game, then like, cause because, like, Skyrim, people keep talking about Skyrim all the time, but they haven't added new content to that game since ever. But yet, it's still popular, you know? Um, so, so let me drop this on you, right? Because this is a thought that I had today while I was trapped in the DMV for four hours. <laughs> it gave me a lot wait, of time to wait, think. what were you, side note, what were you doing at the DMV for four hours? Trying to renew my driver's license because it was my birthday. Oh, my God. Happy birthday! Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yes, happy birthday. What I was thinking is games like Skyrim, right? Where they just continue to sell Skyrim, and people just want more Elder Scrolls, right? But every time, you know, okay, so we did Skyrim, and then if we do a new Elder Scrolls game, then we need a new engine, we need all new assets, we can't set it in the same place. Right. So the whole map has to get redone or whatever. So it's like Far Cry four to Far Cry five. Well, they did Far Cry four and a half, which was the Far Cry uh, caveman thing. Right. And people were bitching like they used the same map as Far Cry four. Who freaking cares, dude? This is like cavemen and, and you get a pet tiger and, you, you know, this has nothing to do with the other game. It just so happens that the terrain underneath it is similar right cuz they use the, it's the the height map stuff like the, the you know the rest of it you you can't look at it and just be like oh yeah but if you look at an aerial map of the two games it's like oh okay i see it's very yeah it's based on that map people just had a riot you know like but I what i look at really, is development I heard it was really good i heard for it is Prime i bought really it good. oh yeah I, I bought it like when it first came out i paid full price and do not regret um but the the thing though is like well, we could have a lot more Elder Scrolls if, like, the assets are done, right? It's like, okay, all the swords, the armor, the whatever. Um, why not have another story set in that location or, or whatever, right? Uh, I don't see a problem with that. You know, you, you could just dump, like, a whole new set of quests in there. It would be almost like total conversion of and just be like, yeah, this is Skyrim, like, I don't know, five years later or five years before or whatever, right? Just the dragonborn character, you're, you ain't there. So this is a new person, new, new stuff and whatever. And you might have some familiar NPCs around or whatever, but you could generate content. You could knock that out in a year because you're not making an engine. You're not making all the assets. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done. I mean, they, they made some really good uh, expansions for Skyrim. Oh, absolutely. Quite a bit. And I'm just wondering, it's just kind of fascinating that they stopped. Yeah, you know? or, or Fallout 4. Instead of Fallout 76, right, uh, where it's it's like, again, well, we're going to do this whole new terrain, right? We we did West Virginia instead. They could have made that same game and dropped it right in the Boston map and been done with it, right? But you know, they're doing this whole other map thing and well it's also okay it's also way bigger it's like i don't know how many times it it has to be you know what however many players like what are they gonna do 24 players surely not 60 for consoles but yeah 
I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's cool, right? But but it could have been like in that other world and done the same thing, and it would have been about the same to me. But I'm just saying it would have been a lot cheaper, right? But they're doing this whole dev cycle of this other thing. Well, if Fallout 76 like flops over and nobody really wants it, which could very well happen, um, that's going to be a problem because they've sunk a lot of resources into building that thing. So, you know. But Bethesda, you know, that's half their game is is recovering from financial crisis. So, you know, it makes them stronger, right? Dagger, it was Battlespire is the one that damn near killed them the last time. Oh, God, Battlespire. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, was, you know, oh. I mean, it, it's I am I am definitely surprised that more games don't reuse the same engine, the same assets and bolt a second campaign on as DLC, you know, because like, Oh my God, alien isolation, please, please. Could we please just get a whole nother story in that space station or whatever? I mean, all the assets are there. You can bolt it together into a, into different shape right it's a different space station whatever but, but would gamers complain this isn't new i need something new like would they well, would they would they well, bitch kiss my ass yeah, it's they, like they, they complain about it though but at the end of the day like they want the same thing all the time i mean right. how, how how is it that you know every year it's another call of duty or another fifa or another assassin's creed exactly exactly it's the same uh, well, I wouldn't say entirely recycled, but mostly recycled formula because yeah, but, that's what but all the assets and everything had to get done. And that's where the money is, right? It's like once you build the engine, that's done. And then you have to do the, the assets and then the scripting for the particular quests or whatever. But if you just didn't do the asset shit, you could have the art team move on, right, and work on the next big game. But you could drop an interim game, like well, for Skyrim specifically, because people are hungry for that shit. So here's Skyrim Two, which is to tide you over until the other. But you know, it's it's like okay. At first, we told the story of this guy and these people. Meanwhile, living on the other side of the hill is another hero. <laughs> you know, and and now you can be him. And, and well, experience the same place though, from a different point of view. You can you can do that though. Well, with mods and stuff, yeah. No, 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 because you can follow different paths each time you play. Right, but but I'm talking about like all that quest stuff is is out of there, and they rewrite new quests. I mean, they they, right? they can. I'm just saying, like you can technically play through different ways and and follow different paths I'm each not- time. They, they 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 have a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that. Like in 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 the Elder Scrolls games, when you become the head of something, like you become the head of the Thieves Guild or you become the head of the Mages Guild, it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing except you did a quest line and got like a piece of armor. Like, what if you had to had to manage the Thieves Guild? How awesome yeah, would that you, be? You want. Do you really want to manage a, yeah. a thieves guild? I would love yeah, to dude. have like a side game where it's like I gotta go back to the college and approve the new students for the next semester. I do fact, the fuck they could, out of that. In fact, the thieves guild they could just call the game that thieves guild, right? And then 
you you run the thieves guild and there's quest lines about that and yeah. like rivalry stuff with the dark brotherhood and whatever and if you don't that have that be- dlc you don't even see any of that because you don't want to fine whatever but if i want to manage well, the thieves I don't, guild i don't even mean i don't even mean dlc i'm talking oh. whole standalone like 40 dollar oh. game they oh, could okay. drop okay. and it would just be like okay that guy became the dragonborn this guy becomes the head of the thieves guild <laughs> or not yeah. or whatever the hell you want to do and, but instead of all that dragonborn quest line i think i think you're wanting a lords of waterdeep version of skyrim where it's just like oh no I'm, no dude. I'm, pl- I'm playing the guy that sends the dragonborn on his quest. i kind of like i like that i kind of like that idea though i kind of like well, that idea think, think about the other stuff that they've made fallout shelter Right. So what about mm. Fallout Shelter mm. kind of game? So it's a it's a worker management sim, but you build that shit inside Skyrim. And then you so, can also go out and do things, right? But yeah, but you would manage all your underlings too. So it would be kinda of like uh managing a village. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so you are you take on the head of uh one of the guilds in the town. And then your goal is to manage that section of, you know, that guild within the town. And then you help build up the town around you. Yeah. Now, if you, if you remember um, the previous game, uh, Oblivion, they actually did drop. There was a DLC that was the Dark Brotherhood quest stuff. That was, that was like one of the bold on deals and probably the best part of that game, too. And uh it's just like, well, dude, just spin me out a full, a full on. Like, it's basically you strip the main quest line and replace it, and you can even leave the rest of the world the same. I don't care, but you rip the main quest line out and just drop in another main quest line in its place, and then it's an entirely different game to me. And it, so, you know, this whole this whole conversation has me thinking, though, when talking about all this dlc stuff these are great ideas by the way jim i'm not trying to uh, cut you off yeah um well i mean it's a thing that modders have done right, right so it's right, not right. beyond the you know but the this is this is kind of the the crux of this conversation really when you boil it all down it comes down to dlc for games is good and can definitely increase the the replay value of a game more so in a single-player experience than in a multiplayer experience where your, your main drive is purely multiplayer. So, for example, we've talked about games where DLC can kind of be a hindrance or, like, if someone else doesn't have the DLC, they can't play with you, a la, like, Battlefront 2 and apparently Grim Dawn. So, like, um, th- those kinds of things are kind of troubling because it's like, well, if I don't get it, I can't play with you. But when you look at games like... Borderlands 2, for example, um, there's so much already in that base game that there's the drop-in, drop-out co-op aspect of it, and there's so much extra DLC that, you know, eventually maybe your friend might get one of those side quest DLCs too, and you all can go play that together, but it doesn't really matter because there's so much content that's already there. And that's kind of the cool thing about the drop-in, drop-out multiplayer mechanic of games that I think is way more appealing especially when you look at it in terms of DLC versus like just a multiplayer game that's got DLC um, is you can mix and match a lot more. 
And I ultimately, I think drop in, drop out co-op is like, you know, prime, prime for gameplay, which is mm-hmm. something that I'm shocked, absolutely positively shocked that Skyrim doesn't do or Fallout 4 doesn't do. Now, I'll add that with, uh, with Borderlands 2, if you don't have specific DLC uh, content, the expansion content, you can't access those areas even if someone in your party has it. So that's, that's kind of a uh, gating off of things. But on the other hand, on the other hand, the game has been out for so long that if you get the Game of the Year edition, you have all of that. Yeah, most of the time it's already really cheap to begin with at this point in time. Yes, at this point in time, yeah, yeah. Something brand new, though, um, I, I think Borderlands 2 might be just an exception in general, though, because I don't feel like in the beginning you needed all that DLC in order to have that kind of the same kind of fun. Right, um, right. There's still plenty to do in the main campaign, even if nobody has that side DLC, that you right. can still do dozens of hours of just going around and having fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... That that's I think really kind of where it boils down to in my eyes is the whole idea of you know single player versus multiplayer versus co op. Most of the time, DLC for single player games you're not going to get hindered at all because it's not really going to affect unless unless it's DLC that changes the game mechanics of the game itself into a completely other game, which. You know, you can talk to Cooper Fellow all day long about that with like uh, King's Quest or not King's Quest, but, uh, Crusader Kings. Crusader Kings. Kings. <laughs> Jesus, and, I'm, getting, and, I'm getting my genres mixed bad. And what you mean is, if you talk to him <laughs> about it, it all day. Wait, what? And, and even to that, I'll add that that part of the reason why they do that micro DLC stuff with with the paradox, at least is because it keeps their artists hired. It keeps them working. So when there's downtime in between working on the big main campaign stuff or larger DLCs, they can work on the micro stuff and it still keeps their artists employed. So although it's not great that they have to do this micro DLC stuff, it's not necessarily a bad thing on the dev side of things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, but 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 the ultimately though, like you, if you were to buy you know Crusader Kings or Stellaris back when it first came out, and then you were to buy it today, they're two they're completely different games from when they first launched, and that's kind of good depending and kind of bad. And I, yeah. I, I I to be honest with you, I couldn't recommend Stellaris. I think Cooper's saying the same thing right now. I've Solaris at this point is just it no longer has an interest to me. At first, it was really cool and really interesting, and then I just think they kept messing with it so much. Uh, it's just it's not even worth it. It's kind of like Space Engineers. Space Engineers is not even a fully released game, but like it keeps getting patched and getting messed with and getting changed, and it's just like there's a period of time where, as a as a fan, you just kind of lose interest because there's so much that just constantly keeps changing. There's a, it's hard to keep up or keep interested, especially when there's so many other games out there. Wow. Cooper is saying Stellaris won't be worth playing if ever for another two years. Oh man. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
Well, he's, he's like, yeah, big- I, I suppose it'll be by then by the, that they're done tweaking it because when it's at the end of its development cycle, they'll have tweaked it enough that they're going to be done messing with it and then people can go back to it. Which is kind of sad to say, but uh, yeah. By then, Distant Worlds 2 will be out and no one will remember, no one will care about Stellaris. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'll take Sins of a Solar Empire any day. Like, all of their expansions I thought were great. The The modding community for that game is just phenomenal. It's like the the total conversion mods for that game are like playing brand new games in that engine, and which is awesome. It's kind of like, you guys remember um, Age of Empires 2, and then they did that Star Wars... Um, Battlegrounds? Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds, yeah. Which was in the same, which was in the same engine. It was kind of silly, but it was, you know, but it was still a pretty decent RTS. At least I thought it was. Yeah. Even though it was silly. And it's that kind of stuff that I think is cool. Like taking, taking those engines that work with great, great mechanics and just putting a new game on top of that engine. I mean, I'm, you know, there's, there's some stuff with those Star Wars games that the, that DICE did with that engine where it's just like, man, can we just take this and make something just spectacular from it, please? Because I mean, it's got the it's got the the space stuff in it. It's got the ground stuff in it. Like that engine seems to be decently robust. So it's quite know, robust. Let's do something. Yeah. Let's do something more than just make it look pretty and you know back and forth. You know, uh, <laughs> multiplayer matches. Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame that RTS has died out for a while because Armada, the actual like Star Trek Armada one and two were quite good, I thought. And uh, and for their for their time, yes, for their time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then you had the folks that made the Armada three mod, which is quite excellent for what it is. You know, yeah, the Sins of a Solar Empire mod, uh, Star Trek Armada three. Uh, yeah, if you guys if you guys haven't played it, we recommend it. Nerdman on YouTube says, "What we actually want is Elite Dangerous single player with mods." Yes, uh, yes, and, I, and be, I can tell you that would be great. Yeah, I can tell you, I've got I've got some friends who would love to be able just to have a single player version of that to be able to mod it. There's just unfortunately, like Elite Dangerous is just one of those games I could not even remotely give two shits about anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally with you there. I just uh, until they maybe do actual planet fall and like actual like inhabited planets, you know, then maybe I'll try it again. But like, I am guys, guys, if you wait a year. They're going to put the mining oh, thing Jesus in. Christ, dude. Where the mining Here's is. the thing. Here's the thing. And, I, and I'm going to get shit from the community for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. The thing that Elite Dangerous has going for more than the other game is that at least it has better frame rate and functionality, but that's all it has going for it over the other game. Oh, you could say Star Citizen. Sure. What? Star what? <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I, I would say um, Elite is actually a game, right? Yeah. And barely, and but it. yeah, it's barely. I mean, it, what's there is there, and it works. 
it's just that it's spread very thin. It's just know? a shame we can't get people to more people to play Jumpgate or Evercron because they do a well, lot of the things we wishily did, but they're just not as yeah. If if Evercron had the funding to be as pretty as Elite, yeah, that's a, that's a big a part of it. That's a big part of it. Yeah. But okay, my my Elite analogy is you know when you go to a restaurant and you get a the butter right and it's like a little plat a little cardboard thing that's got a pat of butter on it and then elites like we have this really giant loaf of bread but this is all <laughs> content <laughs> so we have to spread that across you know so it, it it's like another game like you know rebel galaxy or whatever would have about the same amount of content but they give you one slice of bread instead of the whole loaf to yeah. try to spread that across. I, so I like that analogy, lot, actually. Yeah, it looks a lot smaller. It's thinner, right? But, it's uh, a more satisfying piece yeah. of bread. I, I just, more butter. I yeah. just wish – yeah, I, I wish that what they would do is concentrate the content in a central area, right? Like, okay, here's, here's your core worlds. That stuff is here, you know, and, and maybe 20, 20 systems, or whatever. This is where the real deal goes on because this is where the majority of people actually live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the further you get from that, the thinner it gets until you're out in like, let's just explore and I'm never going to see anybody. But, but even then though, Jim, even then, what would you be doing with all those other people? Well, same old shit, but at least, <laughs> you know, at least I wouldn't have to fly for like two hours to catch up to where my friends are. I mean, are if they had an economy that mattered and could be altered by players, you might escort a friend, you know, with their mining thing, or you might. Okay, let, let, let me. Uh, so Eve Online. Um, world, world's Adrift. Okay. <laughs> world's Adrift, which is a very simple game. You have a grappling hook, you can chop down trees, you can mine uh, metal out of nodes. Okay, and then you build a shipyard and you stick that shit in it and you make parts and then you Lego a a airship together. Right. Stick guns on it and you and your friends jump in and you fly around and you fight other people and stuff. And, And it's the simplest of formulas. It's a very small dev team making this thing. They're like, I don't know, two years into it or whatever. And it's quite playable. And as soon as I as soon as I touched that game, it was like Jim Flypaper. I was just stuck, and and it's just like, ah, oh, I wonder what I should play. Hey, let's fire up Worlds Adrift, <laughs> you know. And then I got Dan in on it, and and it's like, if I'm not playing it, then he's playing it, trying to drag me into it, right? And so, and it's like the, the content's very thin, right? Because there's really nothing to do, and there's no economy, and there's no money in the game, and there's no store that you can sell anything or whatever. And that that's stuff I hope that they do later. It would be very cool if there was, like, pick this cargo up and carry it there, and you get a reward or something. But for me, right now, it's enough just going around trying to find the parts for the ship, because you find them, like, in treasure chests that are hidden on the islands and stuff. And the whole time you're on the island, it's kind of like PUBG, right? You're looking over your shoulder, like who's going to kill me? Like, can oh, I really? can I park can I park the boat and leave the boat long enough to go explore this island without somebody coming over here and stealing my boat? Which we've stolen several people's boats. It's kind of GTA up in there, um, but yeah, it's a thing. 
But if somebody steals your boat, it's just like, oh, you bastards. And then, you know, it takes me like an hour to build another one, whatever. And it's as much fun building it as the whole rest of the game. So why not? Right. And I, I like it. And if Elite had something like that, but then they implemented the engineering stuff in the the worst god-awful way, right? It's like, well, you have to go around and, like, we're going to random number generate whether you find these materials or whatever. And then you need, like, a giant freaking pile of them. And you take them to some dude and you play a slot machine with it. And it's like, oh, my God, no. But if they'd have just done what this game does, perfect. So, yeah, that's my two cents of that. If you if you want more commentary about Elite, it's available in DLC. Nerdman brings up a good point. <laughs> he said that pretty much Independence War Two is the game that Elite should be, basically. And yes, he's not wrong. Yes, well, it has the advantage. It has the advantage of being single player. Yeah, and it doesn't player. fall into. It doesn't have MMO itis where nope. it's like, hey, we killed the dragon. All right, next group. Go and kill the dragon, right? The dragon can't ever leave. You know, you can't ever change the world. And that that's the problem is everything has to reset. It's like a theme park instead of an actual game. Which, God, yeah. Frontier makes that theme park game, too. Oh, no. Which is so... It, it's so that boring too. to me. Planet Coaster. It's so boring. Oh, Planet, Planet Coaster seems like it should be great, right? Because... Like it, Roller Coaster Tycoon was super great. But Planet Coaster is great. The business if, management part. Yeah, but Planet Coaster is great if all you want to do is design rides. If you want to manage a park, it's not that good. And that's what I want to do. I want to manage a park. Yeah, it's not a great management game. No. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing the same yeah. thing about um, Jurassic World. It's not a great management game. Now, park it's Which is dumb because that's the whole point of the game is manage the park. Right. Now, Parkitect, that's the game. Ma, <laughs> that's the game you want if you want to actually have good park management optimization stuff that game is great plus it's got the building so yeah <laughs> speaking of Jurassic Park yeah Hunter you went and saw this thing the new JP uh yeah okay so not bad or what cause the the world that I live in Everybody says everything is terrible all the time. Like you go on the internet, it's like it's the worst. So, so here's what, so here's what I really, do. You have to change here's what where I you did. Here's, here's the short synopsis of what I did. Uh, my wife and I went and saw it, and we both went into it expecting to see a pile of garbage. I had zero expectations. I was just thinking it'll just be a fun popcorn movie. I'm not going to take this seriously. Like, and that's the thing I think too, is too often people get caught up in just taking things seriously. And I allowed myself not to take this seriously at all. And, um, I had, well, see the problem, the difference between Jurassic park and star Wars is I grew up more with star Wars than Jurassic park. And while I would say that Jurassic park is definitely a a core element of like what makes me, me growing up. Cause you know, I saw a lot of Jurassic park as a kid. Star Wars ultimately is like where it's my touchstone, right? Like where everything kind of falls off of in my nerddom and interests and my career path in life. Like everything hangs off of Star Wars in a, in a, yeah. in a way. 
And so my passion for where things have gone with Star Wars is rough because I've, I, you know, I've been such a longtime fan. And then, you know, where they decided to take it now that's under new management is not uh, fun for me anymore. And I just, you know, decided to let it die. So we're on a tangent here but with movies. But the thing with Jurassic World, Lost Kingdom or whatever, um, I liked it. You know, I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was better than the first Jurassic World because the first Jurassic World, there was definitely a few uh, plot things that were just like, uh, they really stretched that out. Like, they really had to try and make me believe certain things that just were, were really hard to, because um, essentially it was a remake of the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, but to me, it, it's but it happened in the same world after the first Jurassic Park, and I'm like, right? You guys really let them reopen this thing? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so once, once, like, once you get past the dumb of that, um, this movie is like, if you if you want to talk about a follow up to that movie, this movie actually is a great follow up. It, it, it does things better. It handles things better. Things didn't seem to be as dumb or obnoxiously in your face. Um. I'm probably going to be able to find flaws with it later, like upon a second viewing. I'm sure there's definitely going to be things I'm going to find wrong with it. But if you just go into it and shut your brain off and just, you know, don't take it seriously, you'll probably really enjoy it. I did. And uh, this isn't this isn't really to give anything away, but they leave it in a place where I feel like they're going to take another film in a really unique direction. I hope they make another one after this, and I hope it's going to go where I think that they're insinuating it's going to go. Yeah. That's cool. Like off the island? Uh, yeah, because the island's gone. It, it blows up in the movie. Like, that's in the trailer. Like, the, the island explodes. Uh, oh. Volcano shit. So, like, that's in the trailer. That's good. So it's like Star Trek, man. You have to, you have to blow up the Enterprise in every movie now. That's uh... well, well. Where they leave this, uh, I all I'm gonna my my thoughts were post apocalyptic. So yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. And it could and that, and that means and that means that means like we could be getting into some like monster movie territory. So like that, wow. I'm I'm kind of excited. That would be interesting if the, if the dinosaurs continue to evolve, like well, mutate and the, the last it. the last fifteen to twenty minutes of this film is straight up monster movie, and it's it's great. All right, now you have my interest. So my see, my thought was okay. This movie happens like what five years or something three. after the last three years. And there, it's like we're we're going back and we're gonna like steal some dinosaurs off that island or something, right? Um, and the 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 basic plot is the volcano is gonna blow up the island, and there is like uh, animal rights activists, and some people are thinking that these animals should be saved, and so their goal is to go back and save as many species as they can, and then other but, things happen. But is there the evil government? conspiracy to get there and get the weaponized dinosaurs because they were working on that in the first one right that's well i'm that's not like going to get into point. spoiler territory oh, okay but there are there are things that happen okay because my my thought is it's been three years you mean people haven't been snatching dinosaurs off this island fucking willy-nilly for three years because 
like every government in the world would be wanting to get in there and snatch a dinosaur. Well, you have to understand. Maybe like, they there's, did. There's, there's, they don't go down that road, and I think that's like overthinking what they're doing with this movie. You could insinuate that there have been eyes on this island for a while, or mm. that it's being protected somehow, or well, I mean, my thought, other my thought is basically or, just that that island is not the only place the dinosaurs are. Well, that island that, is just the only is, place we know that they are. I mean, I would love to see more fan fiction and lore from these movies. Like, I would love to see more. Cause, okay. Because I, I think we should get back on topic, but the 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 bulk of it is movie one Jurassic Park nineteen ninety four whatever was on the one island. You fast forward a few years later, they do the sequel uh, Lost World, which takes place on Site B, the other island, which had a whole bunch of other dinosaurs on it that were there. So they figured out that these dinosaurs were able to live because they're the enzyme that they needed to like live actually grew natively in the jungle. And it was kind of like Dr. Malcolm was right. Life finds a way. My question is, is what happened to the dinosaurs that were still on the first Island? Did they all live too because of this? So like, how did they reestablish that Island again as a theme park? I'd love to understand that. And then in this new world, what about these other islands? Are there still things that are going on on these other islands? Like, why is it so hard to think that they couldn't just like it? There, there's just so there were some weird, interesting things. Like we know that there's another Island close by. Mm. Why there's actually like a chain of these islands in this area. It would be nice to like kind of have some broader understanding more, more deep dives into that. But these films aren't doing any of that. They're still being focused very specifically into a very specific plot point. Yeah. Well, they're not trying to be like, super scrutiny tolerant movies either. It's just like, Hey, this is no, I feel like, I feel like if they, because, because Jurassic park three kind of put the nail on the coffin on making, like doing anything with that, in my opinion, which is why it took so long for them to do like what they're doing now, because we're in the era era of remakes and, you know, re, you know, redos or reboots that are sequels that are reboots, you know? So but anyway, so, yeah. DLC, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a prequel sequel. So, you yeah. Know, we got what, roll off what about that but... for DLC? What about prequel DLC? Right? Like, the uh, campaign's over. You beat the boss. Now what can we do? <laughs> it's over. Well, let's do a prequel. I don't know if anyone's done that. Who's done that? Borderlands did the prequel. No, well, they had, that was actually in its own game, but yeah, it was a, it was a prequel. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. But that's another thing where you could do DLC that reuses all the same shit because it really is the same location uh, a year before the events of the first game, whatever, right? Like, because these games always set up like the the Mars thing, um, uh, Red Faction, Red, Red Faction that just came out today, sets up this deal of like, yeah, this history and the the rise of the revolution on Mars, and we've had these wars with Earth and stuff. And now we drop the player into an existing situation. Well, there's plenty of there's plenty of prequel room there, right? If you want to knock a DLC out, that's like here's how we got there, and you know, because for people that want more of that kind of thing, right? Uh, like Warframe Two, you want to you want to bolt on another chapter of uh, single player campaign? Fine, do it. I would pay money for that. 
uh, more multiplayer maps and stuff. Nah, I'm not paying for that. But but if you bolt more single player on there, and if you had to do it as a prequel because you know we killed the big bad at the end or something and ended the universe, well, that you'd have to do that. But yeah, I don't know that that particular game, that universe, you could do so much stuff. You know, it's like I, I could see an RTS game happening really easy or a turn-based like battle techy thing, but it would be more like XCOM, but with Titans. Well, they yeah. did an ARPG in that universe. It, well, it was on consoles only, but uh, they did. Oh, okay. action universe. Yeah, you're, you're using vehicles to uh, to uh, fight in arenas. Oh, weird. Yeah, I saw. Um, or, or are you talking on mobile? Not console. No, it's console. In the mobile game. Okay. Because there's a Titanfall mobile game as well. No, I was was talking about Red Faction. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I I would love to see, like, that card game ported to the PC, the Titanfall one. Yeah. Because it's really good, actually. Yeah, it's it's just like, there, there is... Uh, well, there are. We'll say there are there are several different IPs out there that I think would support a variety of different games, and unfortunately, they're underused because it's like, no, we're gonna make we're gonna make the same Call of Duty every year, <laughs> right? And it's like, well, what about a Call of Duty RTS, guys? Come on, you know, or or whatever. But you know, Titanfall is better for that because it's much more interesting. Um, but that kind of thing, right? Sure. And there, there are a lot of good games that I wish would get some more content, like Thirty Thirty Death War, could definitely use some more content. Or Rebel yeah, Galaxy. Man, they're all, they're already working on their next thing, though. I'm not sure what it is. And I hope it's something spacey. Yeah, I hope so too. You know what I would really like is, and I've expressed this to them, but you know they're already like, oh, we're in the middle of the next thing. Um, I would like Thirty Thirty Death War re like redone as a sub war 2050 clone right so it's like not spaceships but submarines but the but it's still top down fly around instead of space stations it's undersea bases wasn't, whatever right wasn't there a game change, like change the environment just as good wasn't there a game like that called subculture i think way back in the day i think it's an ubisoft game it's kind of like a third-person privateer underwater. Hello, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, okay, so it's a it's a third-person privateer underwater. Yeah. Like when? When? When was this? Oh, like 2001, 2002, long time ago. Not I actually, that I'm aware of. I, I mean, it's like I know about the. Uh, uh, whatever those other games are, the, there's like three of them that they sell on on GOG. Uh, can't think of the name of. It's basically Descent Underwater, but that ain't what you're talking about. No. Oh, 1997. <laughs> okay, a little earlier than I thought. <laughs> Let me post this. Oh, did you find the name of it? Yeah, it's called Subculture. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god, it was developed by Criterion? I didn't know that. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the burnout people. What? Oh, hey, <laughs> speaking <burnout> of subs. <laughs> speaking of sub games, Deluvian 
is actually pretty good. It's they're doing a lot of work on it, and they've uh, it's nothing like the release version now. But Steam sale, right? It's two ninety nine right now. It's eighty five percent off. It's like wow, man! If if you don't grab that and you like any kind of steampunky submarine stuff, you're doing it wrong. Well, uh, yeah, they re- just posted another update, June twenty eighth. They've updated the beta yet again. Yeah, I've noticed the uh, the review score has gone up since last I looked, which is yeah. really good. Oh, so beta's main quest lines now complete from start to finish, fleshed out the abyssal the abyssal trench. Uh, they completed the quest chain to the sunken coast, the abyssal trench items can be used in hazard battles. That's a whole new thing, right? Like whenever you stop somewhere, it used to just be like, Oh, I docked. And then I talked to the one guy in the one room. Now it's almost like a dungeon crawl, kind of, kind of darkest dungeony. Like, you know, you put, here's my crew members I'm sending in there. And then you fight things and stuff in turn based. Um, but it's but it's not turn based. Uh, it, it's more like a an old school Final Fantasy, right? Like here's my row of guys, and there's that row of opponents instead of being like a chessboard kind of thing, which I'm fine with. Um, but yeah, so they they fixed some sonar stuff, fixed some AI stuff, crew exchange, so you can swap crew in and out. Oh wow, this is yeah, that's really cool. So two ninety nine. That's my recommendation from the Steam side. Three seventy four for the Fleet Edition. I'm adding that. To yeah, my which cart I think right is like now. a soundtrack or something. Yeah, I'm adding that to my cart right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably grab it. Yeah, because that, why not? If it's I like better. steampunk stuff. I like submarine stuff. Put the two together. Exactly. Bonus. Yeah, I mean, I I had it on my wish list for a long time, and then the release happened, and it just it did not go over very well. Yeah, but then again, now it's been long enough it's probably worth another look yeah i just i dude i want privateer underwater that's basically it privateer underwater with the yeah well i'm telling you check out subculture it's probably the closest you're gonna get if i could get it where would you get it abandonware i hate to say yeah probably that's your best bet it's not available digitally which is really sad um but it is quite a good game uh i haven't tried to get it to run in a long time so i don't know how successful it it would be to run it, but it's a good game. Uh, so why don't we wrap up our DLC topic and then let's move on to the topic real quick of, because the steam sale is about to end. So let's think of like some last minute suggestions we could tell folks as to what to buy if they haven't already from the steam sale. Um, but I just wanted to wrap up the DLC. Uh, folks, we talked about a lot of um, games that had good and bad DLC examples. Uh, Everspace is a good one. Stellaris is not a good one. Airport Gemini Warlords is a good one. Right. I would that say. game, yeah, <laughs> what really I'm, changed up its DLC. Oh so what I would say to developers is if you're going to release DLC, either keep it sh- like simple, like the expansion level content like Starpoint Gemini does, or if you're going to release a lot of DLC, do like some kind of pack or something where it's like, here's all, here's the base game and all the DLC you absolutely, we feel you absolutely need to get the best experience out of it. You know, like Paradox kind of does that, but like they're, these packs are so out of date. That's like, what's the yeah, point? I think once a game hits a certain price point and it's like, well, 
we could make the game cheaper and continue to sell it. Or we could just do a roll up. Like here's the game and all the DLC together yeah. in one wad, the gold edition. Yeah. Bang, it, here it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. For the price it doesn't even have to be a gold edition. Like it could be like, here's the definitive edition. We feel you'll get the best experience uh, out of. And it's not even all the DLC. It's just like some of the expansion packs or all of the expansion packs or, you know, like some of the expansion packs and some of the music. But, like, make it easier for customers to figure out what to buy. And then you do that, they'll buy the rest if they like the game. I think. (laughs) It's just really frustrating when I see, like, especially Paradox make all this DLC. It's like, what do I buy? I don't know. People ask me all the time, like, if I was going to buy Stellaris, what would I get with it? Like, uh... Yeah, that's a that's a hard question. It is. So some of those games, it's like you know, like if you're if you're asking me, hey, I'm I'm gonna get uh, like Endless Space Two. What DLC? All of it, right? Yeah, that's, that's like, easy. I'm gonna get Endless um, Legend. Which DLC should I get? Just get all of it. There's like four of them. Just they're worth it. Or uh, I think a, the, one of the best examples is uh, Age of Wonders Three. Um, because those expansions are, there's only like two or three of them. They, they all add a ton of stuff like new races, new maps, new, all kinds of stuff. And that's just easy. It's like, and like, that's been on sale for like 12 bucks for everything. And and that's like an easy sell. So, yeah, I just, I like those definitive edition roll up deals where it's just like, okay, the original game was 60 bucks, but now it's 40 bucks, but it includes, you know, like two season passes worth of stuff yeah. in there as well, right? So, and you get it cheaper than buying the base game and then sticking the the DLC on it afterwards. But if you want it really cheap, you just buy the base game, right? Um, uh, the the like crowning example of this is that zombie game, um, Dying Light, is, is amazing for this because they put a bunch of DLC. Well, you can't even buy the base edition anymore. Now you get like the ultimate edition, like bam, there it is. Right, and it's been on deep sale. It's been on deep sale many times, and they're continuing to put DLC out for that thing free. Yeah, which is really impressive. uh, Twelve months of DLC, one one DLC a month, and um, they're already working on Dying Light Two, and uh, that changes things up tremendously. It does. I mean, the, the choices you make in that game will determine how the the city you're in changes what factions oh have God. really have sway over certain areas Ugh. the aesthetics change depending on who is actually in control uh, yeah they, there's there's a whole bunch of branching stuff that they've done with it yeah the uh, one so example that i saw it, it was like so there's a quest right where uh there's like the military faction versus some other faction and there's a water tower and if you do the mission and you free the water tower from the military people, then everybody has the water, right? But the military is gone. So then you get invaded a lot more and the zombies get worse and stuff because the military is gone or you can help the military. And if that happens, then the water tower is firmly under military control, but then they're rationing water out and like selling it to the people that can afford it kind of thing. Oh, it's, it's the reverse. It's if you, if you help the uh, the peacekeepers, as they call themselves, or, or, or what pass for peacekeepers, everybody has access to the water. But 
uh, it's it is rationed. If the bandits have it, you got a black market instead. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and you get you get water everywhere that uh, that you can drink if you if you uh, to survive if you help the peacekeepers. But then again, there's they're they're kind of stuck on order and oh, uh, they're really authoritarian. So amazing. There are trade offs to working with certain factions. Yeah, this this game is going to be okay, amazing. Okay, let me Brotherhood ask, of Steel all the way. Let me let me ask okay. you about. Dying Light, because I tried it and I got it's like the only game that's ever made me motion sick from all the parkour stuff. Is there a way to tone that down? I'm not sure, really. Um, yeah, I don't know in that case because it's first person. Really, you know, you can't really. Yeah, I'm gonna find out because this that's all a game sounds that almost like right up my alley. Yeah, that game would definitely benefit from third person. I think. For specifically that reason, yeah, yeah, it's, it's I agree. like trying to trying to jump around like it's freaking Mario Brothers, and and I'm doing it from first person. It's a little harder than if you're doing it third. But yeah, but my immersions, man. So <laughs> whatever. And the parkour stuff is even uh, taken up a few notches in the preview video they shown for Dying Light Two. So yeah, might be a problem. I'm going to see if anyone has any suggestions for how to combat motion sickness in that game because I actually refunded it because I really love the idea of it, but I might be like narrow down your field of view. Some, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask about that because this sounds right up my alley, you know, and it sounds like they're doing DLC, right? You know? So you want to support a game that has, and and it has co-op. It has co-op, so that was the oh, it does? reason I suggested getting it. Yes, oh, yes, it fuck. does. Well, there's a lot of people asking about that. Well, motion sickness. Yeah, really? yeah. If you Google "dying light motion sickness," there's a bunch of people that are asking about it. Oh my god, there are. I'd imagine uh, it's along the same lines of you know, motion sickness people got from, say, Mirror's Edge because of the parkour and being first person. You know what's weird? I played Mirror's Edge after this to see if I would still get motion sickness, and I didn't. I was very much relieved. So there's oh. something different about Mirror's Edge that's that I can handle. I think so. It might, these guys are it might be the bouncing around. Yeah, they said disable motion blur in video settings, which I would never know because that's the f- literally the first thing that I do yep. every time I start a game is I look for yep. blur and turn it off. Um, and it, I saw like a, an hour long video from somebody trying to like be an apologist for motion blur and how well old motion blur was terrible, but new motion blur is essential. And it's like kiss my ass that no, it goes <laughs> like first thing because it makes dude. I'm running this game at 120 frames, and then it looks like I'm running it at 10 because motion blur is on. It's terrible. Um, but anyway, so they said turn off motion blur. Uh, turn off chromatic aberration. I'm not sure why, but okay. Disable film grain. Uh, go to game options. Film grain is the second thing to motion blur. Yeah. And then uh, increase the field of view all the way up. And and it's uh, basically not- like play, play with field of view until you're happy. I think I found the actual post you're talking about. All right, I'm probably going to get this again because I really love the idea of it, but I got so And, and we'll be able to play it in co-op. Because, you know, exactly. Co-op. That's co op, exactly. Yeah, because we've all got it. So, um, 
So I think we had a lot of good and, and bad examples of DLC. Let's round the show out by giving, like, it doesn't have to be a space game. I mean, or maybe you can think of a space game and a non-space game. But if there's some, if there's one game, okay, let's keep it simple. If there's one game that you would recommend someone buy on this particular sale that ends in two days, what would it be? Thoughts? Hmm. I'd I say Everspace. I have, I have okay. a list. Well, give me like well, Everspace right now. Uh, it's uh, $20 for the Ultimate Edition, which includes the one DLC. And the uh, and the upgrade to the D, the uh, Deluxe Edition as oh, well. Oh, it's, it's 20 bucks for that? 60% off of the Ultimate Edition, which is not a bad deal. That is not bad. For, the, for all that? Yeah, that's pretty good. And as I I mentioned earlier, it's approaching the end of its development cycle, which means you're getting the full game. There's there's nothing more content-wise to get. The game is dead. It's been abandoned. (laughs) That's great. Every every time something goes 1.0 now, it's like time to put up that game's dead. Came out of early access. What about you, Jim? Any thoughts on like? Oh, oh, the- God! Such, such the list. All right, uh, I'll I'll hit the highlights. Guns of Icarus Alliance. If you don't own it, yep. it's dirt cheap. You must do this. Um, let's see. Uh, Hyperspace Dogfights is not on sale, but it's interesting. If you like Luftrausers, it's Luftrausers mixed with like right. Time Pilot or something. It's cool. Uh, so Worlds Adrift. Gosh, I'll bring that up again. By the way, Hunter, uh, Dan wants you to play with us when we're done here. Um, <laughs> I, I got, uh, I know it's the burden, right? Uh, Wonder Boy and Wonder Boy, the dragon's trap was something I picked up today and I was shocked. Uh, it's, it's actually running the Sega master system ROM underneath the game, but then they went and hand drew all the art to replace that like two bit graphics that it used to be. Uh, it's, Freaking amazing looking! It looks like a like a triple A PlayStation title now, so that's worth a look. Um, if you're into classic stuff, that looks really good. Uh, let's see, phoning home. I haven't messed with yet, but it got super cheap, and I've kind of had my eye on it. And the one robot looks like Wally, so it can't be bad. One more, only one more. Oh, yeah, because okay. we gotta, go, we gotta uh, get Hunter and me have a ch- have a chance. Okay, so this this game is dumb arcade stuff. No, I'm I'm doing two. This this one's the cheap okay. one. Okay, uh, Super Samurai Rampage. Just watch a video of somebody playing it. It's it's a it's a samurai like chopping up everybody wave based thing that also has like bullet time pause in it, and it's very unique. I've never played a game that's quite like that. So there's that. Um, and also, if you like Skyrim kind of things and you like a little sci-fi, LX is half off right now. And they've patched and patched and patched on that thing, and it has lost the majority of the Piranha Bytes Eurojank. And I, I put, I don't it's know, still, four, it's, four or six hours in it. I got an hour. You will before. die horribly. You will die a lot. Uh, if you don't like dying a lot, don't bother – uh, no, dude, it's okay. If you're into Dark Souls kind of combat, this this is Skyrim with Dark Souls as the combat system. 
because if you get good at the combat and I've watched YouTube videos, cause I'm like the first dinosaur thing I ran into just one hit, I was dead. And it's like, how the hell do you people even expect me to do that? And I watched a, a YouTube video of a guy fighting it. And he's like, this thing's a bitch, but here's how you do it. And after watching it, yeah, I killed it first try after watching the dude's video because it's like a boss fight. It's got little tells, you know, it's like it'll hiss before it does this and it's either going to go left or right. And if you double tap space, you hit your jet pack and you just go up and then you look, did it go left? Did it go right? And then you can drop in behind it and get a free shot on it. And, you know, but it, it's, it's a very dark souls kind of F you combat system that's going on there. But the monsters all have patterns to them. So, and it, but it's not a thing where you just run up and just hold block and think you're going to live because they'll bust your block. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, you have to dodge and fight and actually like fight these things. Um, and you don't have a lot of hit points. Like I said, the Raptor killed me in one hit. So yeah, it's a thing, but I, honestly with as many people that are as batshit crazy for dark souls out there, right? Why isn't there an MMO that has that kind of brutal ass combat in it? Do you think it, it would just turn off the majority of people? I, I think that's what the marketing people would say is like, there's no market for this. Cause that's very small. But if you look at the popularity of dark souls, it's like, nah, man, people like that balls hard combat. So maybe there's room for a world of Warcraft with really merciless combat in it. Speaking of merciless combat, I got two more suggestions to toss in real quick. Dead Cells and Slay the Spire. Oh, those and are pretty good. If you played yeah. them, you know why I say. Yeah, one, <laughs> one game is like the card game of the other, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Uh, Hunter, do you have it's any like suggestions? It's like you went from free cell to dead cells. Hmm. Do you have any suggestions? Um, I haven't really been paying attention to the Steam sale this year. A lot of stuff going on right now. But uh, from looking at what's uh, on sale, I would say if you don't have Deep Rock Galactic, get Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, it I, is 25% I actually, off right now. I actually picked that one up. And the, little, the little robot that they give you to, when you play solo is really amazing. And then uh, my other recommendation is... If you have not somehow picked up a copy of the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, it's four bucks right now. Oh, really? Mods for it are really fantastic. So the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, four bucks. Yeah, definitely. Download it, get some mods for it, go have fun. There's some. Get the big mod. Yeah, get the big mod that's like 10 gigs. It becomes the finest Ewok murder simulator. You could like possibly, possibly find, but it doesn't have Ewok hunt. But then again, Battle neither does Battlefront Two. God damn it! What is Ewok hunt? They added in this mode that was like nighttime on indoor, and your stormtroopers, and all you've got is your gun and your flashlights, and there's like ravenous little Ewoks running around that you have to try and kill. It's basically left for dead, except instead of zombies, it's Ewoks, and you're trying to make it to the escape shuttle. And the Ewoks pick you off one at a time. Well, it's been in before, so I think they're rotating it to keep it fresh. It's like the McRib. It's like, it's back. You know, so, yeah. Shoot me. Well, they're trying not to spread their population too thin. 
So they rotate one mode in, rotate no, one fuck out. fuck it, dude. I'm sorry. Like that's just bullshit. Well, I'm I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying sorry. this is their faulty logic, not necessarily what's good. No, I, I got it. It just it it pisses me off, man. Like I just sorry. That's okay. It's because we got psyched up. We were going to play it, and then we went in on the day they took it out, and it was like ah. Well, finally, folks, um, I'm just going to recommend a couple. If you don't have Starfleet Armada, it is 50% off right now at $4.99. It, and that is amazing. Like, utterly amazing. Um, Children of the Dead Earth is about 13 bucks, and they just added full... Uh, a full... Workshop uh, and stuff. Work, Steam Workshop editor support. Um, Angels Fall First... Is about thirteen dollars. They just had a big update with new bot AI, which apparently is great. Um, Drox Operative is four is five dollars for the base game, which seven and, bucks for everything. For, yeah, and, for the yeah, DLC. and the expansion adds a new race. It adds bases. It adds all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff to uh, to get. You can actually, if you go to the uh, Space Game Junkie uh, curator page. And there's a scrollable list of what's on sale uh, right now, and there's quite a bit. But uh, so treat yourself, treat yourself to something a little nice, you know, before the sale ends. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. No Man's Sky is not on sale. Oh yes, it is. It's half off. Never mind. Still not uh, worth it. Sorry. Well, sure. okay, but the, but the I found no, it but so the thing boring. Is, the thing is, though, if you catch it while it's half off right now, because it, what in a month they're or at the end of the month, I think it's the twenty ninth, they're oh, dropping yeah. the the next, the next big, big expansion, update. which I guarantee it ain't going to be on sale that day. It might be, or maybe they, it will. They usually a lot of people when they have a big expansion or whatnot, they usually co- try and coincide with the sale. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of sale of of, uh, of a No Man's Sky. What is it right so, now? Like twenty three bucks. Yeah, it's twenty nine right now. Oh, I got it for like seventeen. It's been cheaper. Uh, that's yeah. It's been cheaper. You might want to wait to see if it gets cheaper than that. It's been land like eighteen, I think. So if you can wait, yeah. get it cheaper. What were you gonna say, Andrew? Oh no. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say uh, before we wrap up some minor community updates. Oh God, right. I'm sorry. You wanted to talk about that. I am so sorry. No, 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 no. I completely forgot about that. Please, go ahead. Oh, so some minor community updates. Of course, we have our Thursday uh, LAN party, which uh, we're playing. What game was it again? The EDF. 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 Oh, I'm Uh, so there for that. (laughs) EDF is going to be a pretty good time. I don't know if I'll be there for that or not. It just depends. But it is a good time. It's a good game. If you guys have it, you are more than welcome to drop in with us and play. Yeah. Um, that goes for any Thursday night. If there's room for you in the slot and you have the game that we're playing, you are all welcome to join. Um, yeah, just let us know in advance because, you know, that way we can make plans and accommodate you if we can. We, we have to know how many pizzas to order. <laughs> That's right. How many uh, balls, energy drinks we need to? How many, how many, to how many tables to, to set up and switches to buy? Anyway, and then um, 
And then as far as just like uh, reoccurring community stuff, we do have um, things going on in EVE Online and Star Trek Online. So if those games are in an interest to you, we have small communities for both, but uh, we're willing to um, accommodate new people. So if you're interested, we just had another... You said someone joined today. today. Yeah, someone joined today. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We got we got plenty of things going on. A lot of industrial stuff going on. A lot of PVE, PvP industry. There's a lot of stuff going on in Eve right now with uh, us specifically. And then, of course, um, we're always doing more holdings and uh, (laughs) admiralty stuff in Star Trek Online. So it's it's a good time. So if you guys are interested in those, feel free to reach out to us. And um, so, yeah. So those are our current reoccurring games. We yeah. Could, we could always add others or do others later. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of want to get back into Discovery Freelancer at some point. Um, so, uh, folks, just a couple quick programming notes before we write, uh, sign off. As Hunter said and Spaz said, we are playing EDF 4.1 uh, this Thursday uh, afternoon for our uh, Thursday night land party. Uh, very excited about it because that game is just silly ridiculous. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous in the Hopefully best way. Four people, yeah, because it's it's crazy with that many people. I'm excited. Uh, we are off next week again. I'm sorry, the summer is crazy. Uh, so I apologize, but yeah, we are off for another week next week. I'm going to a concert with the wife's parents. So that'll be it'll be fun, but yeah, can't have a podcast if not here. Uh, Tell Neil Diamond we said hi. It's actually Kristen Chenoweth, which I'm insanely excited about. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we had very engaging chat rooms tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, giving us your yeah, thoughts. Co- and- Cooper said you failed to engage him. He's engaging you on YouTube chat. He's, he's trying to say something about there's a $14 Crusader Kings bundle, which there isn't that I see anyway. I, I see a $50 Crusader Kings bundle. I don't know uh, where that's going. Um, but yeah, Crusader what, Kings... What, what Cooper needs to do is make the definitive Cooper list of if you buy Crusader Kings... These are the only damn DLC that you need. That's like, a good idea. Pick three. Yeah, Cooper, like pick you should- three or four that actually make the game something, and omit all the BS ones because he's the only one around here that knows them. Yeah, Cooper, why don't you start like a blog slash wiki of all your paradox knowledge? Seriously. We'll actually add a paradox chat back in here for you if you want. <laughs> he could. Uh, you know what? Register CrusaderKingdom.com, and that can be his kingdom. I wonder and- if that even. I wonder what's available. With an iron fist. But, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening and watching. Patreon. Oh, my God. I can't even talk. Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for helping keep the lights on around here. And we'll see you next time. Uh, I think our podcast in two weeks, we're going to be talking to the, uh, I think, the creator of Whovit. I think that's who we're talking to, which is a digital distribution platform for influencers. So it's going to be kind of interesting to get a perspective from that side of things. Because uh, usually we talk to devs. We don't talk to people who give, people who dole out keys for devs. So that will be interesting. Right. So, so if you're a dev or you know a dev or you would like to know a dev, 
then you should probably listen on the 17th because that's going to be the one. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. Bye-bye.